0: Hey, Hey, it's Conrad Thompson. And you're listening to grilling Jr. with the voice of wrestling, Mr. Jim Ross, Jim, how are you, man?
3: I'm good, buddy. I'm good. Uh, good uh, talking to you as usual, all the fans out there. Thanks for joining us, supporting what we're doing. I'm back in Oklahoma. As you can probably see by the, my little office here, man. I wish I knew how to move this down. Well, there's, there's oh, I can move it. Kim.
0: Look there's at cool. you. Look at you.
3: The Maggio, all these, all these items are signed. Mantle, DiMaggio, Ted Williams. They're, they're in one picture. That that jersey there is signed by the Mick. Wow. They've got some of my, uh, as you can see, some of my John Wayne stuff. This picture behind my head, that little round, black, dark dot.
0: Yeah.
3: picture in the middle of the frame. Yeah. It's his last hairpiece.
0: Oh,
3: wow. hairpiece. Jan found all these things. God bless her. Uh, and, you know, she said, you're so hard to buy for which I get, you know, I'm not a uh, fashionista. I don't need this or that. I'm My t-shirt here, you know, yep. I'm cool. uh, but she found all kinds of John Wayne things. You know, I've got a got a cigarette lighter that I don't use. Uh, I've got a, uh, three pair of his cufflinks. And when I was, when I, when I was uh, dressing up for like paper views, I always wore a pair of John Wayne cufflinks. That's cool. Every show- Back and look at any any pay per view I've done old vintage stuff, and you get a shot. at Those links are they're, they're mixed, or excuse me, John Wayne's. So you got a little superstitions, you know. We all do some way or another. Uh, so anyhow, it's uh, good. I'm good. I'm glad to be back in Oklahoma. My ironically, my kids are on vacation uh, separately, so they're not going to be around. So uh, as they say, Daddy can act a fool.
0: Oh, well, I like that. I'm looking forward to you acting a fool.
3: <laughs> so, but everything's good. I'm about to be home and, and uh, get this thing rolling and go to a little football this weekend. I'm excited. Oklahoma plays uh, Nebraska on Saturday. And I'm excited about that 50th anniversary of the game of the century 1971. So, and I don't care how good Nebraska is, they're good or bad or whatever. So, that game meant a lot to me and my dad. Yep. And he'd lock things in like that. You know, people say, well, I, I get that all the time on social media, Conrad. You know, for, I'm sure you see it sometimes, is that, you know, I'm, I'm watching you with my son, yes. just like my dad did with me. And it used to not even the face me here to hear those remarks. And now it means everything. Because I know that I'm at the latter stages of my career. I right? it take a genius for that out. But uh, not today. I'm ready to go today. So anyway, we got some, was some good stuff to talk about, but I really enjoyed your hospitality and, and, uh, your team. What a great team you have for the ad for uh, shows.com folks. That was a hell of a lot of fun in Chicago. It was one of the most fun days I spent in a long time.
0: Well, I appreciate you saying that, you know, what we're talking about was top guy weekend, uh, and Jim, I can go ahead and tell you, we've already started to make plans for next year's top guy event. Uh, we're going to try to uh, make it a full weekend again and have a great time and make it the best wrestling weekend you've ever had. We heard that routinely this past week in Chicago. Uh, we had a loaded show, uh, both on Friday and on Saturday, Friday, Jeff Jarrett and I read some mean tweets and then Eric fired back to some mean comments people had said about him on shoot interviews. And then Mike (coughs) Keota got to do a a fun Q and a where man, he just let it rip about all the dirt uh but then we we finished the night off on friday night with something a little different rebel from AEW hosted the karaoke party and i'll be damned if like three quarters of the AEW roster including tony khan didn't swing through so it was a late night affair great time and then the next day boy it was just one surprise after another we started with the kurt angle show but then tony Schiavone had a surprise guest and mr david crockett which was cool to see him and Then you took the stage and our big surprise was Jerry, the King Lawler, which I didn't think was even possible, but somehow we made it happen. And it was good to see the King again, Jim.
3: Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I, I don't, I haven't heard of him getting any fallout. He hasn't contacted me. He said any fallout from WWE about that, because it wasn't a WWE event. No, it was a, it was a Conrad Thompson event. So, you know, I, I, I'm sure he won't have any issues with it. They're not, they're only using him with those pay-per-view, pre-shows, post-shows and things of that nature. So, uh, you know, it's what it is, but he, yeah, it was fun to connect with Jerry. We spent the afternoon. It was good. It was a fun thing. And you know, I, I enjoyed the stuff in the green room, to be honest with you without sounding like a dick, uh, as much as I did being on stage, cause you're, it's just a different kind of feel, Yeah, different kind of, so it uh, all worked out, but you had a, we had a great crowd. Yeah, if you're, if you're a fan or you know somebody's a fan and they haven't joined the Ad-Free Network, uh, I encourage them to do it. Give it a shot. Try for a while. And then uh, you'll find out what we all find out. If you're a true wrestling fan, there's a, a, a potpourri of, uh, of content here. And i gotta, I, I got to breeze my chair. I know that. Somebody <laughs> that goddamn chair. You mispronounced chair.
0: Uh, Uh, You know, it's funny. You took a little shit a few weeks ago where I'll be damned after 23 years or whatever it is of calling him big show, you called Paul white big show. And I told Tony Schiavone y'all should make that a bit like when you out of force of habit, Lord forbid, after you've called someone the same name for two and a half decades, if you say big show again, because of his WCW roots, Tony Schiavone should just say the giant and then Excalibur say Paul white. I think it would be almost be like lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, it's big show giant Paul white. Oh my, it's fucking yeah, I, fun. Why not have fun with it?
3: Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I find it interesting that, you know, we go out there. So, you know, I thought our, our, our call at, uh, all out was uh, really strong. I agree. I, I really loved, uh, the work and the, and the skill of Excalibur and Tony. They had great nights. I thought we melded pretty well. People got to understand how hard it is for a three-man booth to coexist without walking all over each other and and, uh, not listening and all those things. Uh, And so you you disconnect the dots, uh, you know, inadvertently, because you didn't hear what the guy – you weren't listening what the guy said. And so – but they spoke before you. So I thought we had a real good night. And uh, I don't miss pay-per-view ever – Cause I don't know how you judge those things. If your opinion says that all out was the best pay-per-view that you ever saw, well, then that's your opinion and you have the right to it.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and,
3: you know, I, I, I thought the only pay-per-view that I had more fun, exhilarating, you know, all just really, you know, full of emotion and, and the fields, as we were kidding about earlier, the fields were there. Uh, and I, I've done a lot of great shows, not great work, but great, involved in great shows. And, but I think WrestleMania 17 was the closest thing I came to me for the emotional investment of that broadcast. And uh, so I don't know what that all means, but it means I had a hell of a good time. I thought the show was excellent, was well booked. You know, uh, Tony Khan's a good booker. You know, sometimes somebody's got to realize that He's really, really smart, and uh, you know we've got. I sat down the other day on the airplane and, and just made some mental notes of potential CM Punk opponents. As a time, yeah. years worth, yeah, at least, not counting returns. <clears throat> so, you know, Bill's not going to wrestle every week, obviously, nor should he, nor should anybody, quite frankly. Uh, doesn't need to work every week. You want you to keep like, keep everybody fresh as you can, but I, I loved, uh, I love that, that aspect. And then we go on to Cincinnati, which I, you and I were kidding about the Montgomery and barbecue. I love the ribs. And so Raphael Morkey and I went there on Tuesday night, but on the way in on the interstate, I started seeing these signs and I thought they were just premonitions. I was just my mind was playing tricks on me. These skyline chili billboards. So we were still, uh, well, I think we we're just on the edge of Indiana. When we saw the first exit for a Skyline Chili, I said, "I oh, we need to get off here. And check this out. We haven't had lunch, so I got my Skyline Chili fixed in before I even got to town, and then had the uh, had that great meal on on uh, Tuesday night. So it's fun trip, and I thought the crowd was excellent. You know, it's funny these these crowds are a little. Add, you think their attitude area is where everybody was speaking that."
0: Well, I mean, I know that the reaction that CM Punk got is an all timer and the surprise, I mean, that's really what all out was about to me is the surprises. You know, the matches were incredible. I think people are going to be talking about that Lucha bros match for quite a while, uh, but you know what, between, uh, Ruby and, and Suzuki and Cole and, and Brian it's, it's unbelievable the number of surprises that you had, and I think that's the reason people, so many people, you know, it, it leaves a lasting impression. It's like when you go to the optometrist and they do that all better, one better two. your subconscious mind just naturally makes you think that the (coughs) second one was better, the thing you heard most recently, or you saw most recently, that's what you're going to leave a lasting impression with. So what's that old cliche? It's not how you start, but how you finish. And you guys finished so strong with that big Brian surprise and the Adam Cole surprise that people were just in like a, a, a high for a few days on wrestling. And then you guys had a great follow-up effort last Wednesday night. And, um, uh, I texted a few folks afterwards and said, man, that show just flew by, you know, and sometimes it's a chore to get through a wrestling show, uh, because you just feel like some of the segments, well, that wasn't for me. Uh, but right. that, that particular show, I was like, man, that was, that's about bad of a good of a show as you could have hoped for. When it was over with, I wanted more, which I think is the idea you, know, you want to leave them wanting more and you guys have a lot of momentum right now. And I'm excited for what's next.
3: Yeah, me too. And big weekends as we already know. in in the Northeast, you know, uh, uh, show in the show in, uh, uh New Jersey. <clears throat> it's very special, big crowd, crazy passion. And then, uh, I believe it's this week we go to New York, to Queens, to the Arthur Ashe Stadium. And if I'm not mistaken, on my calendar, if I make that track, Conrad, am I right on that? Yeah, I think so. So, and it's got, I've heard different numbers, uh, but it's got, uh, uh, you know, you got just. 17,000 plus people are going to be there. Maybe, you know, I don't know what the number is going to end up being because they're still selling tickets, even limited view. Uh, so it's going to be a, it's going to look amazing because they've never had wrestling. But I'm aware of. I don't think they have.
0: I agree. I don't think so either.
3: You know, and Raphael Murphy who lives in that area had to go through the, the city council and all kinds of, all kinds of things like that to get this deal done. But he, he pulled it off. And now, uh, you know, I don't know that all the information on the uh, COVID stuff right now, as I said here, but it's, it it goes without saying that COVID's here. It's real. We got to deal with it. How do we deal with it best without making it a political issue? That's what pisses me off, that the vaxxers and the anti-vaxxers are arguing with each other about who's right or who's wrong. And I I don't, I'm not smart enough to figure all that shit out. I got to go with the science. And I'm not telling anybody that's listening or watching that oh you should get vaccinated. I think you should, personally for me. But if that's not for you and you believe that you're it's worth the risk, then you know that's your call. But just don't be coughing around my ass because I don't I can't afford to get sick.
0: (laughs) That might need to be a shirt. Don't be coughing around my ass. I love that.
3: So anyway, but it's been real exciting times for us in AEW, and we're the one thing about this crew. They're seeing what hard work can result, what it can result in uh, for the fans and for them eventually. So uh, they 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 love those big crowds. Conrad, you can you can you imagine having of those kids uh, that came from the Indies that we've been nurturing for you know, over two years, how they feel when they're in, when they're able to display their skills in front of a big crowd that gives a damn. Not 300 people at an indie show or whatever. Uh, and they're loud and boisterous. I get it. There's just not enough bo- numbers there. But these kids are living their dreams. I mean, I, I had like talents coming to me and said, I can't believe, I never knew it was going to be like this. And, you know, and that started with Punk coming back in Chicago uh, on that uh, fateful debut night. That uh, I'm not going to forget anytime soon. I never, I, I've heard a lot of great pops, you know, Austin coming back. Triple H. I hope he gets speedy recovery. As a matter of fact, call the has some heart issues, sort of hope he gets better and healthy and, uh, and for his family, his and his family's sake, at this point, it's not all about the business.
0: That's right.
3: And so, uh, a lot of us that are lifers sometimes have the wrong priorities and, uh, the business can't be it, be the all be all end all. You got balance. So anyway, uh, it's a, it's an interesting, uh, time to be a fan for sure. I just hope these guys continue to work their ass off. We, we have all these great potential matches coming up. I think they are going to be wonderful. And I'll say this, Connie, the, the guys that Tony has brought in can work. They're, they're big time in-ring performers. Yes. Cole's, I, I love Adam Cole's work. I think he's a- absolutely excellent. One of the best in the world, without question.
0: Uh, Brian Danielson has been one of the best wrestlers in the world for like 17 years or something silly.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I love, you know, uh, I helped him. Uh, we, we helped them help, uh, Daniel, Bryant. Brian Danielson. I'll fuck that up too. Probably. Uh, <laughs> but he's, uh, you know, you get used to the things and when we go out there, we don't have cue cards or a teleprompter. It's just us. No net improvising. And so sometimes you get in the heat of the battle, because I ain't doing golf, Uh, you get a little carried away. And sometimes you get carried away and you misspeak. So shame on my ass. But I know that you'll never slip by anybody, because there's always three or four people that want to tweet me that I screwed it up. How I can can misidentify Paul White as the big show and how that ruins your show, I don't know what to make of that.
0: Well, it just yeah. takes them all out of it. You know, they're in this new world, man, where big show never existed. And when you say it, it just, it ruins their suspension of disbelief. Jim, come on.
3: Yes. Yeah. I, I run the show. My bad. So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, but things are good. It's fun to be in the business. I, I told CM pump and I, we did that set down interview. I don't know if you saw the show, uh, or the pre-show. I did a set down interview with him. It was very introspective. Uh, on his behalf, and I thought we, we had a really strong interview. And I told him, you know, that, that night in Chicago kind of re not that I was phoning anything in, I wasn't, but the emotional side of it that you can't taste or feel or touch returned in a big, big time way. Like, I got the best job in the world, I, I'm in the business that I love. I, I want to do this as long as I can. I don't know how long that is. But until I or somebody, including me, decide I've had enough, then I'm going to keep doing it. But boy, it's a, it's a fun. And it's, it, I couldn't have that feeling, Conrad, with a half a house or three or 400 people or an empty audience like a daily slug. So anyway, it's all, life is good. I don't know how to make much better. You know, I hate to come home to an empty house. I keep the TV on here 24 7 because when I come back in from grocery shopping or something, I always, and this is kind of crazy. I, I always kind of get the sense that Jan's here because I hear noise, and uh, this is her house. So I'm just visiting. I'll go back to Florida in a couple of weeks, get a little Jaguar football, enjoy enjoy life. So some of these, the show today is very emotional for me, and it's going to be interesting to get through it and talk about it. So.
0: Our plan originally was to cover this topic last week, but, uh, well, we had some travel snafus on my end. So as a result, we played a little bonus action for mad free shows where you got to see Hulk Hogan turn heel for the very first time at uh, bash of the beach, 1996, the turn that changed wrestling and Jim had never seen it. So if you haven't checked it out in the archives today, though, we're going to be talking about a rather important day for Americans. The first SmackDown after 9-11. And of course, everybody talked about that last weekend. And and it's hard to believe it's been 20 years since it happened, but really the WWE played their own role in, I don't know, trying to get America back on track again after the biggest tragedy we'd ever experienced. Before we get to the show itself, let's talk about San Antonio. Uh, It's the day before. You're in San Antonio for raw is war. Um, the show ends, you get back to your hotel. I assume you go off to bed and nobody really knows what the next day will hold. What do you remember about finishing that raw and going back to the hotel and, and, and waking up that next morning?
3: Well, it was business as usual as it relates to finishing the show and, uh, you know, heading back to the hotel and normal stuff. You'd probably stop off the hotel bar have a nightcap with your buddies and commiserate a little bit, which is kind of the fun. One of the fun parts about being on the road is the camaraderie with your friends. Uh, as I kind of alluded to, I uh, said I had so much fun in the green room. But, uh, that top guys, the top guy thing. Yeah. So, uh, and, I, and there's nothing out of the ordinary. And you go, but the abnormal, the surreal happened when everybody woke up. And uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure the timeline of that, Conrad. I can't remember. Was the tragedy in the the morning? Wasn't it in the morning, don't we think? So I know when I first heard the news, I thought somebody was BSing me. I didn't see how that could happen. Right. But it sure as hell did. So it was a sobering day because the information flow coming into the public uh, from the media was intermittent we knew the basic evil act that was perpet- perpetuated but we didn't know how severe it was so uh, it was uh it was a uh, it was, it, was, it was tough it was hard to i never experienced anything like that in my life so i had nothing to prepare it to but the more you thought about it more that you saw the families that were, uh that were coming to the world trade center to get some word some news some something uh you realized just how real it was
0: so you're you're staying in a Houston hotel after all in San Antonio you're preparing for the smackdown i think you had that 7:45 a.m. production meeting scheduled in Vince McMahon's suite to finalize your game plan first thing in the morning and Of course, Vince yells from his bedroom, turn on the TV and you witness all of this sort of unfolding. And if you had to sort of close your eyes and think back to that moment, who else was in the room? I mean, obviously you're there. Vince is there. Do you remember who else is there when you're seeing all this unfold?
3: Uh, was Bruce with us then? Yes. Bruce had been there for sure. Paul Heyman was there because he had all the inside information from New York City, or so he said, (laughs) Paul. He was on his phone, imagine that, uh, trying to solicit information. And he did a good job. I'm just being a turd. Uh, But Paul was there. Kevin Dunn, I'm sure, was there. And then it gets sketchy for me after 20 years. Uh, But all the key players were in Vince's suite.
0: And if I had to guess, the uh, the World Trade Center was what, like an hour or so from WWHQ in Stanford.
3: Yeah, about yeah, I'd say something like that. It was a it was a quick, it was a quick ride, no doubt.
0: And you're seeing this unfold, and obviously, you guys are probably having the same reaction the rest of us are. What in the world's going on? Uh, very quickly, though, we realize, hey, this wasn't just an accident you know, there's, there's something happening here. Right. Is it just chaotic in the suite in Vince McMahon's suite at that moment of what do we do next in terms of, cause I mean, and I'm not asking from a wrestling standpoint, I just mean, we've got all these folks scattered all over the country who are a part of our organization, a bunch here in Texas for our, our, our show, uh, but damn the show, we got to make sure Hey, did we have any talent on any of those planes? I mean, that's gotta be something that at least crosses your mind, right?
3: Well, it it does. You know, you, you, you hope that nobody that we knew or you're we affiliated with or on either of those flights, uh, cause you never know who's flying into uh, New York city. So, so you know, you've, you've flown in there a zillion times. It's just, it's just a, it's a plethora of travel and people moving. and stuff, things like that. Um, I think that, uh, The room wasn't loud. The room was very quiet because we were trying to listen to the television and get the updates as were being provided by the media, CNN, et cetera, et cetera. But nobody was talking much. And we hadn't got to the point of, uh, what are we going to do about SmackDown? Uh, That was not a big topic. That wasn't the primary topic at that moment. Uh, minutes after the, uh, uh, after the, the first, uh, hit, I want to say that we were watching the TV when the second one hit.
0: Yeah, I think I was,
3: I I feel that no, cause it was, everybody thought it was the same plane, just a replay. right? And, uh, all of a sudden, man, it was, uh. It was, uh, another one so then so they start thinking, oh, hell who's next? Is this a planned thing for tax all over America? Right. that has been thought out and what's next. So, uh, it was uh, unsettling to say the very least. And, and none of us in that room had ever experienced anything along those lines, nor have we since, and hopefully the good Lord will not allow that to happen uh again you know I, I, I hope anyway so uh but it was it was a quiet room more often than not because we're trying to hear the television and get those news updates because the news conrad i don't know if you remember it uh, because you're just a young pup at that time but the news kept getting updated There was new information coming i mean a flow so i uh we, we were just all glued to the tv like kids watching Saturday morning television, but it wasn't Saturday morning television, I promise.
0: So, you know, now you guys are the decision makers for this entire gigantic organization, and you've got to figure out what do we do? I mean, of course we're supposed to be taping SmackDown, uh, but that's clearly not going to happen now. Smackdown's going to be canceled. And as the day goes on, I mean, sometime before lunch. All air travel is suspended. So now we can't even fly guys home. And I'm sure, oh, there's a lot of talent who, for whatever reason, look at guys like you and certainly Vince McMahon as almost like father figures, but you're also their quote unquote bosses. So I'm sure your phones are just blowing up with guys saying, what do we do? Do I have yeah. that right?
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Everybody wanted information. It's like we wanted it. And I said, just stay tuned, stay where you are, stay safe. Cause we don't know what's next. Right. And as soon as we get a game plan established, we'll contact you, but until then be cool it, as cool as possible in this horrific situation.
0: It's, um, it's one of those deals where everybody's looking for answers, but nobody really knows what to do because there's no training for this. There's no manual. Um, at this time, did Vince already have the the WWE jet in 2001? I feel like he did.
3: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah we had but we couldn't
0: couldn't we take that on, up either, right? By home. yeah.
3: We had he had a charter, another jet in Houston. I don't know what the regulations were on that deal, but his plane stayed grounded. Vince's plane that we flew down there flew that loop on we stayed grounded. And uh, so he, he uh, chartered when it's finally able to go home another day later, maybe two days later. So we got very familiar with that hotel in Houston. Um, and so we all we could do was wait. And we couldn't, even, and I think we had to fly into, I want to say we flew into Hartford, uh, because generally they fly into to, uh, Westchester. There were so many planes grounded at Westchester uh, that there's nowhere to go.
0: Right, they never so room for you.
3: Road to Hartford, I'm pretty sure Hartford, and it may have been New Haven, but I think it was Hartford, and uh, and landed there, and then they had transportation there to pick everybody up and get them home.
0: And of course, there's a lot of talent that's just you know sort of stuck in Texas hotel rooms, and people are trying to figure out, hey, do I rent a car and drive home, or what does this look like? But there's also the matter of. Hey, um, not just the arena show, but we do have a television show. Now, of course, TV is consumed with this news at this point, but at some point you guys make the decision, Hey, you know what? We need to do the show. Let's uh, take a page here from the observer quote. There were a lot of behind the scenes politics regarding the show because many felt it shouldn't go on. Basically Jim McInvale, who was a longtime wrestling sponsor going back the beginning of time in Houston with Paul Bosch and his friend, local war hero, Michael Thornton convinced the mayor that they should do the show on Vince's behalf as they wanted his approval. Now just time out right there. Jim is Matt- approval? Jim is who we know as mattress Mac, who is right. a big phala- uh, in, in, you know, you've seen all of his charitable acts on social media and his crazy wacky world series bets and things like that. Yeah. Uh, but a long-time close personal friend of the Bosch family, and of course Bruce Pritchard has ties there, going back to working with Bosch as well. Uh, Meltzer would say, even though the WWF had announced on Tuesday they were running the show on Thursday, it wasn't really cleared until Wednesday. Uh, that explains why Mac was put on television seemingly as a return of the favor, which made no sense to viewers unless they lived in Houston, where he is well known for his TV commercials and associated with wrestling forever. Putting Thornton on and introducing him. Wasn't bad. And in fact was a very nice touch, but by the end of the night with so many shots and references to him, it was clear. They were trying to use a war hero at a unique time as an endorser of the product that left me with a bad feeling, Uh, both went on the air and thanked Vince for putting on the show, which came off as too self-serving. They were very clearly paranoid about criticism for running and were too defensive about trying to get themselves over for not canceling. There was some criticism the next day of them doing the show, but really not much because in the grand scheme of things, it was so ridiculously unimportant as a major issue, Linda McMahon and Gary Davis, whose media relations did some radio defending the decision the next day. So this is something that we often don't hear about these days because in hindsight, it's celebrated as a major m- moment for WWE and, and really America because and I realized that seems silly, but this is the first mass gathering since, and it's hard for us now. And in, in the context of 2021 to go back to that time in 2001, but nobody knew what to expect, would there be more attacks? Do we want to avoid mass gatherings in case there is a major attack? We don't want to leave ourselves susceptible for some sort of attack with a, with a major loss of life. So as a result, people were questioning the decision. But you guys charged forward. Do you remember those discussions about whether or not the show should go on?
3: Oh, absolutely. And we looked at both sides of the issue. Are there going to be naysayers? if We do it. Of course they are. Uh, but we're all in uncharted waters. What do you do? What is the right thing to do? Well, I don't know if there's a definitive answer to that because it's a very personal thing, uh, what we wanted to do obviously. And, and I think we pulled it off, was just give everybody a little tag out. Of the uh, of the of the moment, and uh, show our respect to those that lost their lives and their families, and and get, get away from uh, those those images of the twin towers uh, being struck. So I thought we had the right motive. Uh, I never looked at it. You know, I didn't know I was even going to do that show until I got to the building. Uh, I don't think I don't recall being told it was it's Michael Cullen Taz with the host of SmackDown. So, uh, and then Paul Heyman and I did the show and that was a Vince call. So, uh, anyway, uh, you know, I don't know what to, I didn't know. I didn't, I don't think any of us knew how to react. We're still fumbling around trying to figure out what the hell happened. Why did it happen? What's next? Are we safe? Are we not safe? Well, I can tell you one thing that building in Houston was about as safe a place as there was in the world unless there's was going to try to fly a plane in it, deal, and try to build on being facetious. Uh, in an untimely way, but man, the, 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 uh, the police protection, the presence Conrad was unbelievable. They were everywhere. So I think, and and I think we had a pretty good crowd that night. I I can't remember if it was sold out or not, but I know we had a, we had a nice house and, uh, it was a very emotional show as we'll talk about.
0: It's interesting. I know it's a Vince call, but. You know, normally this is Michael Cole and Taz, but clearly you're the voice of wrestling, and certainly at that point the voice of WWE. Did you did you campaign, or or were you adamant about doing the show, or was that strictly Vince saying, "America needs you, Jim."
3: Well, uh, kind of the latter. I want you to do the show. Yeah, we didn't go in. I didn't all lobby for it because, quite frankly, Michael Cole was, was a very skilled newsman. He had handled, he was at Waco, that David Koresh uh, debacle. Michael's a very experienced and talented newsman. So I I didn't personally have any thoughts that he wouldn't do a great job. And so it was just a gut call by Vince. He thought that JR could do it better in this moment. And then Heyman uh, had, uh, uh, you know, Heyman was from there, lived there all his life. He had. He had, you know, the, the, the field, the geography that could be explained to the mass audience. So, uh, and Heyman and I had had some success working together. You know, we went like we brand new team, two guys that had no chemistry. So, uh, that was the deal. It was all events on that call. So, uh, and, you know, and it was a unique show to do. And I think the experience that Heyman and I had probably came in handy that night.
0: Let's talk briefly about Mattress Mac. Uh, we've talked a lot about him over on Bruce's show, Something to Wrestle, because they've been so close for so long. Did you have any interaction with Mattress Mac over the years, whether it was the Bosch era or while you were working for Vince?
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, after we would do, uh, we would go over and do interviews at, one of, the, at Paul, one of Paul's TV stations that he utilized. I think it might have been Channel 13, but I'm not positive. Uh, so I may misidentify that, but when we would go over there, that's when they would film all their local spots. So uh, Matt was there all the time because he was cutting new commercials all the time, and he was phenomenal. He had no script. He had a couple of dollars in his hand. He'd say, because it we'll save you money. You know, uh, What? Well, he's a sweetheart guy. I don't know if I've ever met a guy that was so benevolent Cared as much about his community as Jim McInvale. Every city needs a Jim McInvale because he's always there to support charities. Uh, when they have weather issues, he opened his stores up for people to come in and, and for housing. He's, a, he's an amazing man. So I, I always enjoy talking with him. And he's just a, and he loves wrestling. So how in the hell can he not like somebody that loves wrestling? Right. So he, he's special.
0: What What role did Linda McMahon play in the WWE in 2001 to the best of your recollection?
3: Oh, she was, uh, certainly one of the voices, uh, official voices in a high up place that the media could, uh, could uh, communicate with. I mean, she, she was a number two in the company, so she did a lot of things, but she was a great representative. Uh, Her demeanor was good. It was calming. It was informed she's educated. Uh, so she did a lot of things, but, uh, she certainly was deeply involved in, uh, in the communication aspect that you alluded to earlier, uh, with, uh, Gary Davis and the, of the media team. So she was very valuable, especially uh, during that crisis.
0: I wanted to also bring up, um you doing commentary with Paul actually makes the observer quote, Ross and Heyman work together well, but there are so many underlying issues between those two dating back forever. Plus there's the feeling of many that Lawler was a better foil for Ross. Of course we've covered the whole Lawler thing. He's taking a break defending his, uh, his wife, um, right. when she was released. So Paul Heyman comes in certainly a different vibe and chemistry between the two of you more combative. He would challenge you more and you would do it back. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's written here. So many underlying issues is that's what I wanted to ask. Like to me, uh, that wasn't apparent. Now I understand that there's different styles and maybe he, you've shared before that maybe Paul wanted to prep a little more and you say this and I'll say that, but with King, it was just organic chemistry, but it's almost insinuated that maybe there was. I don't know, for lack of a better word, residual heat from the old NWA or WCW days, but what say you to that?
3: Well, it's not true. I mean, it's just opinion. It's somebody taking second or third hand information and then trying to put two and two together and it equals five. So, but there was no, uh, Paul and our friends this very day, have we had our, uh, philosophical debates? Absolutely. But it seems like that's become an issue in in the wrestling world that Conrad, if I don't agree with you, then I don't like you. And so I'm saying you don't have a right to your opinion, Conrad. You know, nobody gives a shit about your opinion. That's what you're basically saying. And right. that's just not right. So, uh, but Paul and I, we've had, we had philosophical debates. He wanted to be very structured. He wanted to get his stuff in. He wanted to be able to deliver those, those toxic punchlines, you know, as a heel. He's very, very talented, as we all see every week, watch his work, uh, but no, I, I think that's always been missed, uh, been overstated. You know, I'm the guy that put him on television at WCW. You know, I, I, it's me that said I want him to be my partner because I've gone through so many other partners, and for one reason or the other, they were you know unavailable or they just didn't want to do the work or whatever the case may be. But uh, you know, Paul and I were I thought we had some strong outings in WCW back in the day. But you know, there's just nothing to that. We, do we argue sometimes? Yeah. He's high strung and so am I, if you haven't noticed. But God damn, it doesn't mean that we can't coexist simply because we don't agree on on certain things. And he's a, he's a New Yorker and I'm an Okie. What else do you need to say? We're going to have differences of opinion and philosophies, lifestyles and all those things. But when the light came on, I thought we delivered the goods pretty damn well. But, uh, I think that's a misstatement Conrad. I think that's a, it's a good question. Uh, but just not anything of significance to it.
0: The narrative has always been that Vince was assured by government officials that regular WWE programming would actually be more helpful in getting people's minds off the tragedy and, you know, obviously at the time George Bush is president and he of course has a a lot of ties to Texas. So he wasn't out of reach for Bruce or Vince and what have you. Do you believe that that story is true? That the government was, was gung ho and bullish about you guys doing the show.
3: I don't know that to be right or wrong, but I know that there was enough political, uh, allies that wanted the show to go on. They wanted, I think here's the, here's the idea, as I understand it, and I'm, I wasn't in that specific loop that uh, uh, the government wanted the United States to get back to normal as fast as possible. They didn't want to dwell on this tragedy and this horrific incident that occurred uh, any more than it was already going to happen. So I think that was probably the bottom line of that deal. Was just, let's try to get back to America. And they looked at wrestling as an entertainment entity. show showbiz. So, you know, and they saw all these Americans in this uh, convene, uh, in this arena. It was pretty amazing, quite frankly. I wish I had, a, I wish we knew what the house was. Uh, but I just want to say it was, it was a pretty packed place. So I don't know, I'm not sure about your question. I wish I could answer it more specifically, more directly. I can't because I don't know the answer. And I'm not gonna lie to this my fans. But I think the government was interested in getting back to normal sooner than later. But nobody knew what sooner was going to mean. Uh no pun intended.
0: Uh there were twelve thousand forty-six fans in the house that day. That's a good house. Uh at the compact center. And I want to mention too. This is the return to Houston. And I feel like this almost never even gets discussed, but the last time the company WWF at the time was in Houston was WrestleMania 17, the biggest WrestleMania ever. And when they come back it's September 13th, just two days after nine 11. Um, of course it was supposed to happen on nine 11, but it did not. And the show itself is, um. Boy, I hate to make this comparison, but it's almost modeled after the Owen Hart tribute show that was on Monday night raw, where it's seemingly just matches and people sitting down and discussing their emotions in a confessional type format. Uh, of course the show must go on. So I do want to mention we're 10 days away from the unforgiven pay-per-view, but we're not shilling the pay-per-view, which is really remarkable in hindsight, because that was a primary revenue driver for the company, but. You really truly made this a tribute show. And the only comparison we really had as, as wrestling fans in that era to what a tribute show looked like was the Owen Hart situation, right? Right.
3: Yeah, fortunately, we didn't have many of those events, but that's kind of what it was patterned after no doubt. So, uh, and it seemed to be the way to present it. It seemed to be the right way of doing it. Uh, I think, uh, when kids or impressionable fans saw some of their heroes, some of their favorites expressing themselves as a human being and not as a pro wrestler, uh, it, I think it, I think it has significance it's good to know what a talent's thinking as a man, as a father, you know? Uh, and, and I don't know. I think I'm trying to think it's, it's funny. We asked our crews, a lot of our crews in, in the Northeast, uh, the tech, the you know, camera guy, this, that, and the other. So, you know, I don't know how many people that, that the, uh, that the thing happened, how many people it affected personally. I know there are some people, on the on the crew that had lost people, uh, cousins, friends, things like that, and there may be even more closer relatives. I've forgotten this, at this juncture of my life, but it affected everybody, and it can and it continues to affect everybody. You're here twenty years later, we're talking about it. Uh, but I think uh, I think that was the way to go with it. You know, the athletic the the matches were what they were. Uh, it, it, really wasn't a wrestling show. It was a tribute show that had pro wrestling as a backdrop.
0: and the, uh, the show opened pretty strong. I'm going to track the open. So we'll play the audio here for everyone to hear what that sounded like as we started the show.
3: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Houston, Texas for a very special live edition of world wrestling Federation Smackdown.
6: Tonight, tonight the spirit of America lives here in Houston, Texas. On behalf of everyone here in the arena and a worldwide television audience, we would like to extend our condolences to the victims and the families and friends of the victims of the terrorist acts that occurred on Tuesday in New York City and Washington DC. Our nation's leaders have encouraged us to return to living our lives the way we normally do. Our nation's leaders have encouraged us to continue to live our lives the American way. They've encouraged us to practice and exercise our constitutional rights. And as such, tonight I believe this is the first public assembly of its size since the tragedy of Tuesday. Make, make no mistake about what, and make no mistake about the message, this public assembly is sending to terrorism tonight. And that message, quite simply, is that we will not live our lives in fear. The citizens of Houston are not afraid. The citizens of Texas are indeed not afraid. And by God, the citizens of the United States are not afraid. For we are a proud people, proud of who we are, proud of our nation, and damn proud to be Americans. USA, 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 and we and we will fight. We will fight for our families. We will fight for our rights and we will fight for our great nation. America's heart has been wounded, but her spirit, her spirit shines as a beacon of freedom, a beacon of freedom that never has been nor ever will be extinguished. The World Wrestling Federation would like to thank each and every one of you here in the Compact Center tonight. The World Wrestling Federation would like to thank each and every one of you watching on television. We would like to thank you for the honor and privilege of performing before you here tonight.
0: Nice little speech from Vince McMahon to open the show. You know, it's been, uh, said a lot that Vince is a Patriot and he loves America and he does those, you know, tours to visit the troops. And, uh, of course here with a big speech and you couldn't help, but feel about halfway through that Vince really started to feel it. I mean, he became like an old Southern Baptist preacher there. Did you yeah. not?
3: that was Vince's most significant promo he ever did. What we just played was the most significant promo, I think, that Vince ever uh, delivered, uh, and before or since. So uh, he did a hell of a job there. You know, uh, and it came from the – like you said, Conor, it came from the heart, and the more he talked about this matter, the more uh, motivated, invested he became. He was talking from his heart, and that's how you do a great promo. I don't want to compare what Vince said to a wrestling promo, but he was in the ring on a wrestling show. Yeah, He was coming promo. So there are some commonalities there, but it was natural. It was organic. It was real. And I think that was, uh, uh, I hadn't heard that since in 20 years, 20 years had to get up for a moment. It was, uh, it, it, I remember where we were sitting, we were standing a whole nine yards and it just, uh, it's hard to suppress those memories. Once you get reminded of them like in the, in the, in, in, in a venue, like we're doing here today.
0: And then one by one, everyone from the back production, people, agents, referees, in-ring performers, everyone comes out on the ramp. I think everyone except the undertaker, uh, is out there for, uh, you know, to show support, a lot of them have right. those little American flags, like the Ruscio brothers used to bring to the ring and. Um, they're going to have a pretty stirring rendition of the star spangled banner from Lillian Garcia. And it really was, I don't know. It was for lack of a better word, a moment. Was it not where everyone's together and they're all thinking the same thing. And you don't even have to say it. It's sort of nonverbal and understood that everyone's heart and mind is in the exact same place at that time.
3: Yeah, it was, uh, we are all on the same page, you know, unlike uh, the vaccination talks where it's become so political, which is really uh, disheartening to me that everything's going to have a political agenda, uh, especially this, this vac- vaccination stuff, and I know I'll get heat on that. Somebody, JR has no right to try to tell me what, to, I'm not trying to tell you what to do, uh, I'm just telling you my, my take. I guess that's why you tune into Conrad and I'm grilling JR So you want to hear our take. Yeah. That's all. So uh, that's what we're doing. Uh, but I, I think, uh, you know, I don't know what we, you know, looking back at it, Conrad, in a, in, a, in a condensed way like now, I don't know what we would have done differently other than not have the show. And I thought it was the right thing to do to have the show in the form that it was presented. It was really neat to sell those talents. And what was really neat... Uh, for the talents that came out, wasn't their attire, wasn't their biceps, triceps, their tans, uh, none of that stuff. It was their eyes, their face, because that was real. And you saw the realness and and how others were, were reacting to this thing. Uh, so, I, again, I just thought it was the right thing to do. I think we did a nice job in the way we presented it. But uh, you know, obviously you have not you, you wish you didn't have to make a decision like that. Uh unfortunately we did. So, you know, you just you let it roll, man. Do the best you can with it.
0: It was a a special moment and um go out of your way to to hear Lillian Garcia's rendition Amazing. of the Well you know what, we've got it here. Let's just uh we'll we'll play it here. Cause it's it's a patriotic kind of day here on Grill and Jar. Here we go. Cool moment, man.
3: It's me every time. That was a, as moving a rendition of our national anthem as I ever heard. Somebody else, oh how about what about Whitney? Whitney sang at the Super Bowl. That's cool. Lillian had the gun to her head, so to speak. She had performed big, the world's watching type deal. And she came through in a massive way. And sitting at ringside there, we at that time we were uh doing the commentary from ringside uh and surrounded by folks it was incredible it's hard to describe in just basic words it's incredible it's more of a feel thing than a I can describe it in three words to deal but Lillian came through it was a her it arguably was her best day as a performer she delivered the goods
0: it was a nice touch too having the ropes be red white and blue like the old wWF ropes that we all sort of grew up on but I don't know, man, just having them be red, white, and blue that day was pretty special. And of course there's a ton of matches on the show. We should mention, uh, just to be clear, there was a Sunday night heat taping before all this, uh, Perry Saturn beat Canyon with a spinning fisherman suplex Taz beat crash, Ollie with the Taz mission, Taka Michinoku and Shofunaki defeated Raven. And just incredible after a Michinoku driver, then we would see the Hardy boys defeat hurricane and Lance storm. Rob Van Dam would pin Spike Dudley. Jericho would beat Christian. The Rock would beat Stasiak. The matches just sort of were what they were. The main event uh, was Kurt Angle and Rhino, and uh, Kurt Angle got the win. Uh, Meltzer liked the match, by the way. We'll talk about that later. But in between these matches, that's almost sort of exist in a vacuum because we're we're really just doing a tribute show. We have those little sit-down confessional-type Situations, and I thought it would make sense to share a few.
1: So this is The Rock. Let's take a listen. First and foremost, I have to say that I can't fathom or comprehend the pain and the suffering and the anguish that the families and friends of the victims are going through the workers working diligently 24 hours a day, sifting through the rubble, and looking for any remnants of life. It's difficult to talk about this, and I will say that I can't, I couldn't imagine what it must be like to be there. I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine if my own family were there. I uh, I will offer my condolences and certainly say that everyone is in my heart and in my prayers and I um, I just want to say uh, to everyone out there again to the families and friends of the victims and and everyone involved is to just stay strong stay A little
0: different version of the rock here. Get to see the yeah, real, re- the, the real guy.
3: Yeah, Dwayne speaking from his heart. You know, and the, obviously uh, this goes without saying. None of those were scripted, right? There were no writers involved in the creation of that content. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but what I liked about, I think, it was a good thing from the standpoint that you heard from the heart of these individuals that you were used to seeing in TV persona much more often than not and uh, they they gave you their heart they gave you their soul and that those are things that you know uh it's just hard to it's just hard to put a value on because we again you only hear the talents more often than not in that mind frame conrad when there's been a tragedy the owen hart situation obviously and now this so it was a. Uh, it was, it was a daunting deal, but uh, uh, I love that, you know, all the guys spoke from their heart, and, uh, you know, I'm sure everybody would like to have said something, but there wasn't the time that you want the best one to spread it out, and because uh, and, we had an audience to entertain. That's right. We had a thousand people in that arena, and they needed to see something in the ring moving around and letting them maybe invest in the match. I remember Vince telling the guys, you know, go out and just have a great, go out and have the best match you can have take their mind off of it, you know, take big bumps, take big backdrops, you know, lay your stuff in, uh, you know, entertain, 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 and, 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 and embrace this audience because this audience needs your hub. And so that's kind of the, that was our role. Heyman and myself, that was our role. I don't know that, I'd have to go back and listen to the commentary, but I don't think we had any long s- s- stints of argument, conflict. I think we were pretty straightforward on this thing. Heyman was his personality. I was mine for that's worth. Uh, but it was really straightforward, man. It was really straightforward. And I'm surprised it was as well received as it was. There's always going to be a few naysayers. You shouldn't have done the show. Okay. If that's your argument, then so be it. It's your opinion, but m- many disagree, including myself.
0: Well, let's, um, let's play a- another confessional here. There's a few we want to play. Uh, we should mention Jericho had a phenomenal one here. He obviously has ties to New York, his dad being a professional hockey player there for much of his youth. And, um, Michael Hayes gets an opportunity and it's such a strong piece of business, as they say in wrestling, that Meltzer wrote about it in the observer quote, Hayes did a promo that was better delivered than 99% of the current wrestlers could do while in character it's funny that people see him talking like this under these circumstances, but I can't believe nobody can find some use for his talents as a heel manager for talent that is good in the ring, but not as good on interviews. And boy, if Michael Hayes can do nothing else, it's talk. Let's take a listen.
4: You know, Americans were, we're, we're not perfect people and we never claim to be perfect people, but we are good people. And the people that did this are evil people and it's really put some things into perspective I mean like for me the things that you read are used to read in history books that just seem like stories from the from the pilgrims coming over to the Revolutionary War the Civil War or one and two Korean Wars Vietnam Gulf Wars you really feel how real it is and how so many women and so many men have fought and died for freedom and that's something that will never stop in this country because we are Americans and we will fight, we will die for our freedom. And it brings to mind two sayings that are very famous and been around a long time in this country. One of them is, united we stand and divided we fall. We have not fallen and we are more united than we will ever, ever be. And the second saying is this, be careful what you ask for, because you just might get it. And I personally, Cannot wait to see those responsible
0: get it. <laughs> How good of a promo was that?
3: That was great. Me and Michael's so good in uh, verbalizing. Always has been. And he understands the room. A lot of wrestlers don't understand the room. They cut the same promo every week. Uh, but he and Michael always understand the room. And you know, he cut a little threatening promo there to the uh, offenders. We're going to get you and I can't wait to be there. I wanted to be, I'd like to be, be able to be there to see it. So Michael's uh, extremely talented and he still has, he does a great job there for them now, and I'm glad he's still hanging around the business. Like, like yours truly. Really.
0: There's another, uh, couple of, um, little clips I want to play. They're pretty controversial. Up first is Bradshaw. Uh, he has a hot take here. Let's take a listen.
5: You know, I have heard, and I have seen cowardly acts that have happened before. The extermination of the Jews by some maniac in Germany. The bombing of a federal building in Oklahoma City by some maniac. And now some maniac has attacked America, attacked innocent men, women, and children, husbands, fathers, parents, all because of some religious belief or some other motive that he has. These people had nothing, absolutely nothing, to do with you. We're running this show tonight because we're going to show you that you cannot break, you cannot even bend the fiber, the backbone of the United States of America. There's going to be some critics. There's going to be some critics that wonder why we run this show. I want to make this perfectly clear. Go to hell. We're doing this show because we love America. This is all we have to give you for tonight is this evening. If I had to, I'd give my life readily for this country. I have relatives who have done that, who are buried overseas, who are buried in many different places. I would do the same thing because I love this great country. George W. was one of the greatest governors of the state of Texas. It's time he has become, it's time he will become a great president. You guys who are out there, we're going to find your ass. We're going to make whatever country's hiding you into a stinking parking lot. God bless this country. God bless this great state I live in. And God rest the sorry son of a bitch. That did this. We will find
0: you. Man, we're cutting some old school wrestling promos in here, and it's getting over with this Texas crowd, is it not?
3: JBL did a great job. He spoke from the heart. He's very articulate. Now he and uh, I'm happy to see him back in the loop, so to speak, and, uh, with Cherry Briscoe doing their little their podcast. It's fun, absolutely. And, uh, you guys, I like a lot, especially uh, Mr. Briscoe. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, uh, John came through and he meant every word of, it. you know, John's a Republican or he was at that time. He's a big supporter of George W. Nothing's anything wrong with that, but he, uh, he cut, he cut to the chase on the damn thing. And I, and he, you could hear faintly in the background, the crowd reacting to his comments. They, they, they bought in, they understood and they agreed.
0: This is a show worth going to watch just because, uh, you hear from so many folks that you don't normally hear from, uh, whether it's, you know, Kurt angle or stone cold or the rock, everyone is just speaking from the heart, but then there is a rather controversial interview that I'm sure you've heard of or seen Stephanie sit down. Do you remember people being critical of that at the time?
3: At the moment? I don't, uh, I I really don't. No, what I, I hear it again.
0: Meltzer, um, says the only, the only one that had no business airing was the Stephanie promo, which I can't believe the company let air. I can see she meant it as a personal experience because in her life, perhaps the worst thing ever for her was when her father was on trial. But I was at most of the trial. And I remember during the closing arguments in the case by the prosecution, just how horrible. He would have to feel because his family was in the courtroom listening to it. And Stephanie, who was only a teenager at the time appeared understandably traumatized by it, but to equate a drug trial and the prosecution in the case or whomever she was referring to with the people who did the acts of the past week, which resulted in 5,000 deaths came off so poorly, it was the one aspect of the show I'd call offensive. To their credit, because of the negative reaction in the promo, they did edit it off of the excess show two nights later, which was largely a SmackDown repeat because New York fans couldn't see the original show. And this show would actually be edited quite a bit, Jim, as it aired around the rest of the globe. A lot of the yay, let's go America pro-American stuff was clipped out. And I understand it is a global business. And certain countries have certain things they'll allow or not allow, but it is kind of a shame where it, this is supposed to be a feel good moment here. Right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, and none of us should get too wrapped up in the creative, right? People were expressing themselves. She had something she wanted to say. I do not remember the tie in with a steroid trial and that was sensitive territory, but you know, as a young person as a teenager uh, and hearing all the speculation, you remember she lives, lives, lived and lives in Connecticut. So she got all that New York media and that was a big deal. You know, McMahon steroid trial, because everybody was all, all were already going to the verdict guilty. You know, he's going to be in Danbury in a prison or something, you know, what's going to happen to WWF, blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I just, it bothers the shit out of me. And and I tell you what, Conrad, based on what I read online, on Twitter, we're both you and I are both on Twitter, uh, and it 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 would be it would be even worse today. Can you imagine the political pushback and the and all that on on in today's world of outspokenness and uh, defiance on some of those topics? So I can see where some people can say, oh, God, "I got him." Nah, stop! But that, but you got to understand, you got to walk in her shoes a little bit to figure out. You know, here's a teenager that thanks, that thinks that the media is saying that WWF, WWE, whatever is going to go down, and that was her life, and it affected the most important person in her life, her father. So I, I can understand where she got to. I think Dave may have made a bigger issue out of it than it was, uh, but. You know it was it was a good for a one-time mayor without a doubt but I don't know I just it's just so much of the negative you know we just we, we search for negative shit we search for uh you know critiques we search for a mistake oh god damn j.r Paul Paul white big show oh my god I ruined the show for him well, well come on uh you know I, I it's just crazy it makes no sense to me and that's the, that's the underbelly right now. For me, as far as the beautiful world of professional wrestling is concerned, is that sometimes all of us take it too damn seriously. And uh, it's not, you know, so I, I don't know. I, I love the fact that fans are passionate. But golly, think before you post. Think before you send. hit send and understand the messenger and what the messenger is doing and, and not just go off the fucking handle and say, oh, uh, JR, this is that or this is that. Now, come on, it's just not that complex and and enjoy it. And if you got to critique it, then critique it objectively with a little bit of common sense. I I would be, if you talk about being pet, coon goofy, somebody that didn't understand anything about pro wrestling, just jumped on uh, online and looked at some of the tweets from fans regarding the the product, they would think that our goddamn audience is a Neanderthals to some degree. And they're not. They're not Conrad. So I don't know. I I can see your point and you are just reviewing what Melzer said. And I respect Dave a lot. But I thought maybe that was that might have been the step just a little bit out of bounds there a little bit to me, uh, as far as critiquing a television show and the creative involved in a testimonial promo.
0: A tribute show. Well, yeah. Yeah. Let's uh let's take a listen to Stephanie and then we'll do some QA and we'll talk about it next week.
2: A few years ago, Some people tried to destroy my family. They attacked my father's reputation. They attacked my mother's reputation. And they attacked the World Wrestling Federation. They tried to rip us apart. But all they did was make my family stronger. And that's exactly how America feels right now. Because on Tuesday, America was attacked. But America is is a united nation and together we stand strong. I am incredibly proud to be an American citizen and I will stand up for my rights and my freedom.
0: So there you go. I don't think it was nearly as controversial. I mean, she was trying to make an analogy, but I understand how some people would say, well, that's not the venue or whatever, but I'm with you. Like in hindsight, Seems much to do about nothing. She's trying to draw yep. an analogy from her experiences.
3: Yeah, I, that's all. And that's what we asked all the guys to do, all the talents. Everybody that appeared on in those interviews were simply asked, Do you want to do one? Or they, they, most of them came to Vince or, or whomever and wanted to be able to express themselves. And so we asked them all just to speak from your heart, be somewhat succinct, considering it's on television you know and tell us how you feel be honest be truthful say whatever you want there was no censor and so th- that's what you got you got that Michael Hayes promo that we didn't expect to hear in that tone yeah we from JBL very uh uh you know pro american uh you know a uh, you know, uh, little republican stuff in there no problem with me i didn't care i'm sure you didn't care does it didn't matter So anyway, I I think that uh, everybody was asked to speak from the heart. Nobody got a script. Nobody got bullet points. And so what you heard is what they felt. And if there's something wrong with hearing what somebody feels, then you need to reevaluate your perception of things. Never take somebody else's opinion for granted. And because they don't agree with you, they're automatically wrong. Right. And that's bullshit. Total bullshit. So I'm, uh, I, I do like you, Connie. I think it was this much to do about nothing. And I'm not on a milk rant by any stretch of the imagination. No. As you said, so wisely after hearing it back, was it really that bad? I don't think so.
0: And that's the reason I wanted to play it because I felt like, don't get me wrong when you just read what happened. Oh, Stephanie compared nine 11 to her. Okay. That reads poorly, but so often. The way something reads and then the way you hear it are two different things so i wanted to play that and i also want to play what it sounded like as the show was going off the air so uh i'm going to play the clip of when uh, angle gets the one two three and as a reminder kurt angles in the main event because why wouldn't he be he is our olympic hero he is mr america if you will and uh captain usa so to speak so let's listen to the crowd As they celebrate the moment, the big USA chant as we go off the air. Let's take a listen.
5: in American history, but Kurt Angle reaching down, now has one thing on his mind, Paul. Right, Stone Cold Steve Austin,
6: the WWF champion in the camp of the Alliance, but Kurt Angle will get his chance at Stone Cold.
5: WWF are proud to lead the way on this huge assemblage of fans after Tuesday's tragedy. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get back
0: to living our lives as Americans. You were on uh, your shit that night, weren't you?
3: Apparently so. <laughs> I didn't remember that. OJR had a little too much coffee, but. I think that kid's got a future display, Conrad.
0: I think uh, he did okay. There was a dark match after the show. The Rock would defeat Stone Cold Steve Austin, but what a nice way to end the show. The big USA chant. We got a ton of questions about this show, Jim. There's no way we'll get to before it. Before
3: you move forward on that, deal, I gotta tell you that uh you know, the match happened, Kurt wins, and now you get that spot that you gotta uh address taking you off the air. Yeah. It was God, it's got to be a feel thing. There was no script. There was no bullet points. And I didn't know how much time I was going to have to prepare for something along those lines. Now, I obviously knew that at the end of the night, we're going to get off the air. We're going to thank the folks for joining us. Said, but I didn't know what I was going to say and what my tone, my voice was going to be. But, uh, and the other thing is, you know, you do this every day, sometimes all day, every day you don't know exactly what you're going to say in the moment until the moment gets there. Yes. And that's kind of where I was. And, uh, you know, we did get a little business involved in it, but basically it was to reiterate our feeling as a company, uh, as Americans as as to why we were, we were doing the show. And I, I'm, I'm I'm of the agreement. I understand that WWE is a global brand and was then is now, but I don't understand what it would have hurt, uh, while they were editing out all those stuff that say we might play in England, you know, England's an ally. Yeah. If, if England got in trouble, just using England as an example, you now, not just, right. uh, we would be there. We, we have been there before. Uh, you know, there's a little thing called World war too, you know? So, uh, I don't understand that aspect of it, but nonetheless, I thought it was war- global news and it was global news. So anyway, it's, it was a fun, uh, I hadn't heard that getting off the air bit ever since the the right now. And I'm proud of my work. Just to be, without sounding like Monsoon would say, don't break your arm patting yourself on the back, kid. I'm proud of my work that night because we were sailing in these uncharted waters and it had to go all go with your heart and your instincts. And I'll always uh, put my heart and my instincts up against anybody's because I still really, really care. And, uh, and on that night, it was just so special. I probably couldn't do that same clothes. Now if you, if you put a gun to my head. It just feel, and it was, I felt what we need. I said what I needed to say. And, in, and I, and I got no backlash. On.
0: It was great. Uh, we got a lot of questions. Uh, we're not going to get to them all. Let's do one important one here. Eric wants to know what's the one thing that Jr. will never forget on that night.
3: Oh, man. I think the uh, everybody from start to finish that spoke was speaking from the heart and not scripted. The true feels of everybody was, was on display. And I, and I do think that we, we, we delivered a good message that, you know, we're not going to back down. We're going to live our lives. And, and that's our philosophy here at the, at the WWE, WWF at that time. And maybe you should think about that as well. We can't quit now. We have to move forward in a positive way and do all we can to find these perpetrators and eliminate them. And then to make our lives better, continue with our quality of life, and don't let somebody in some foreign land disrupt the American way. So I think that's kind of what I would take away from that.
0: Well, next week we're excited that we're going to be back talking about your old great close personal friend, Mr. Jerry Briscoe. What do you think we'll be talking about next week?
3: Well, a lot of fun, a lot of humor, you know, uh, and, and I want to be able to point out how viable, uh, Jerry Briscoe was to putting that attitude roster together, it wasn't just a Jr show. We had a great team and nobody on that team was more valuable uh, than Jerry Briscoe. So uh, I'm uh, I'm a big Jerry Briscoe fan. There's a lot of funny stories, you know. Uh, we'll, we'll get into those, but uh, it's 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 paying homage to one of the great pioneers of pro wrestling and his role in the business and uh, and how he could specifically uh, helped me put this roster together that has uh, that launched a, a thousand ships, shall we say. So it's good
0: stuff, great stuff. And speaking of great stuff, so is JR's all purpose seasoning. Uh, go pick it up. If you haven't already, JR's BBQ.com. I got to tell you just last night, we had pork chops here at the house, fresh off the grill. Of course I got the rec grill, had it like I like it, but there's only one thing to season on pork chops in my house now, JR's all purpose seasoning. But when I come back in and, and slide the little platter over to my lovely wife, Megan and say, Hey, pork chops are done. I see her setting our plates up and she's got some steamed broccoli there. And what's she sprinkling over the top Jr's all purpose seasoning. I had the seasoning on broccoli last night and it went (laughs) fabulously with our Jr's all purpose seasoning pork chops. You got to try this folks. And I realize that a lot of you are listening to this and you think, well, I might buy a bottle of sauce as a novelty and sit it on a bookcase in my office. I get that. My wife who is not a wrestling fan cannot get enough of JR's all purpose seasoning, go out of your way to try it. And Hey, if you're a dude, you might want to pick up some jerky too. And if you're uh, like me and you grew up in the South, ain't nothing wrong with a little barbecue sauce. You can get it all over at jrsbbq.com And as you like to say, Jim, it costs nothing to look right.
3: Not a thing. Uh, JR's bbq.com is places to, to scroll through business has been good. You know, people are learning that grilling is a healthy way to eat. Yes, it is. And if you can pull off the grill, uh, whether you're a big time griller or like, you know, you got your outdoor kitchen, I got mine, but you may have a, a small little hibachi that you put on the patio or something. Grilling's healthy and it's a good way to eat. And I, you know, God, Connor, I find myself cooking vegetables, uh, on the, on the grill. Yeah. I made, uh. Fry, I like fried potatoes and onions together. It's one of my favorite things to eat because mommy used to cook it and I could always smell it outside. You could smell it through that screen door that the went from the kitchen to the outside and I love them. And so what I've got is I, I, I have a, these little uh oh heck like a little sheet barbecue sheet yeah lay them on the grill, put your potatoes and your onions on that and cook away. It's a little bit of oil, bit of olive oil or something, whatever oil you like. And uh, I, 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 we're all eating better. You know, we're learning that nutrition is a big issue. I wish the hell I would have started grilling and eating it more regularly when I was younger than I, even as I, as I am now. You know, it's, it's just healthier. And, uh, you know, I find out, like you're saying, I could have a protein, chicken, fish, because I cook a lot of salmon on my grill. And that uh, all-purpose seasoning on fish, killer, absolutely killer. So give it a chance, give it a shot, folks. We appreciate your support very much. Uh, I mean that. I'm very grateful. Business has been good. We're building a little business. That's the American way, you know. I, 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 we're building a business. We're, we're investing money and time, and effort into our little website. And any help that you feel like that you can contribute, you like good eating. Who doesn't? Then, uh, then check us out. We appreciate it very much.
0: Well, we can't recommend it enough. JRsbbq.com hurry over there. As Jim said, it costs nothing to look, but I can't recommend it enough. We're using it every day here at the uh, Thompson household. And we hope that you're digging what we're doing over on YouTube as well. Check us out. If you haven't already, it's the best way to introduce our show to the wrestling fan in your life. I realize some of our shows get a little long-winded. Sometimes we'll go more than two hell, even sometimes more than three hours, but we want to cover these topics as in-depth and as thoroughly as we can for you. But if it is daunting for the wrestling fan in your life, introduce them to our YouTube channel. There's some fun little clips over there and maybe they'll hit the old subscribe button and come join us every week here on Cumulus podcasts. Uh, until next week, he is at JR's BBQ. I am at Hey, Hey, it's Conrad on Twitter and our show. If you've got a question about Jerry Briscoe or any other topics we've got coming up. Are at Jr. Grilling on Twitter. It's at Jr. Grilling, and uh, we'll see you next week right here on Grilling Jr. with the voice of wrestling, Mr. Jim Ross. And Conrad,
3: I'll leave you with this, my dear friend, Boomer Sooner. And thanks a lot for listening, everybody. <laughs> I had to get it in. I'm sorry. I had to.
0: Roll tide on that. We'll see you
4: next week. I hear you.